Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of SDGC After Hours. Um, I am Justin, and I am joined today by my fellow co-host, Finn. What's up? And longtime friend of the show and freelance writer for Future, Samuel Tolbert. How are you, Sam? I'm doing well, Justin. Uh, It's been way too long. Been way too long since I got a chance to chat with both of you. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you back for this one, because um, this is a game that you and I have been talking quite a bit about um, lately. We are here to talk about Returnal, um, Housemark's uh, PlayStation 5 exclusive uh, that recently came out. It is a sci-fi roguelike, heavily inspired by uh, Metroid, Prometheus, Alien, um, all sorts of sci-fi um, thrown together and combined with Housemark's frantic, uh, frantic quick-paced uh, shooter gameplay. So, I invited Sam here specifically because. Um, so there's a lot of talk about bugs that this game has and issues that it has, and um, in my, I have not hit any of these. Not a single one. I have been extremely fortunate. Sam, unfortunately has hit some of those. So we're going to kind of get the perspective from both of us um, as we chat. And then, Finn, and we're then I'm here also to answer here. any questions. Yeah. Well, any questions that you might have as somebody who hasn't played the game. Um, we're Bold of you to them. assume I haven't played the game. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, you have? Oh, okay. Just not, just not nearly as much as you guys because, obviously, uh, new dad status. But, you know, I've been I, – I loved Rezogun – and Matterfall and House Marquee as a whole, so this was always going to be a day one purchase for me. So, but I wanted gotcha. to at least like you know have gotcha. An See, I just ass- I just assumed that because this game is very much not new dad friendly. <laughs> from, no, no, uh, and, and and that's going to be part of what I discuss is because uh, that's part of the big debate is whether or not the way they handled the roguelike genre is uh is 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 good. The way they did it versus, um, you know, the people that cry out the developer's vision. So, yeah. Um, so kind of, you know, how to start is the basic concept um, of the game, which is uh, you play as um, an astronaut named Celine and she crash crashes on this planet called Atropos, um, where every single time that she dies, she wakes back up at her ship. Like, she goes through the crash, wakes back up at her ship, Helios. Um, And so she's caught in a time loop. But as you explore, you find that she's not the only, you know, this isn't the only Selene that has crashed there. You find, you know, audio logs from other Selenes that have been going through this cycle. And you uncover what's going on, you know, what has happened with um, the indigenous um, life on this planet. Um, as you explore and try to escape this loop. Um, so it is a roguelike, and for those of you that aren't aware, it you know constantly changing. Um, every time you load it up, the layout of each biome changes. Uh, items change, enemies change, um, and you lose a lot of stuff every single time you die. Um, and so I kind of want to throw it to you guys um, about how you think you know some of the roguelike stuff works in this game. Uh, Finn, do you want to take this first, or? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't have as much experience of you guys, but my roguelites as a whole are not my genre uh, 
of choice because I don't really get off on having to restart my progress every time. My favorite roguelikes are the ones where there is some permanent carryovers. Like you can work towards, it makes you feel like, I like to feel a progression. I like to feel like I'm getting better. I like to feel like my character is getting stronger. And roguelikes kind of run antithesis to that. But like some of my favorites, like Dead Cells and stuff, like when you, the more you play, the more stuff kind of becomes permanent. And in my limited time with Returnal, that I felt was a big uh, problem with it is I, I, a new run feels like a truly new run. Yeah. In a way, that actually kind of worked um, to the advantage for me. Uh, like, so I haven't played too many roguelikes. Uh, Hades is the only other one I've really gotten into. Um, so Hades and Returnal are the only two I've really spent extended amount of time in. But, like, I got to a point in Hades where to really upgrade my character, I needed specific items that I had to grind through a run and defeat certain bosses for. And, you know, I'd have to do that two or three times to get enough to upgrade my character. Um, and so because, you know, it was a set thing that I needed to get, like, wide progression, if I died without getting it or, you know, a run went on for a long time, it just felt very grindy. Whereas this kind of feels like dusting yourself off, getting back up, and getting back in there. Um, but I can, I can totally understand the frustration. Sam, what do you what do you think? I'm kind of at a halfway point between the two of you. Um, I like roguelikes. I don't love them, but like I, I do enjoy them from time to time. And I love the concept of a time loop in media. Just And, th- and that's branching out more into story, but I Always. really like the way Always. it's been uh, woven into the gameplay here. Like, that was a... No, no spoilers or anything, but I was very impressed that it wasn't just a... Oh yeah, Selino, Celine, sorry, wakes up uh, every time she dies and she's back in her spaceship. Like they weave it into the narrative. They like this is taking a toll on her. She actually like this isn't a spoiler at all. She finds audio logs on her bodies and she's like, I don't remember saying that. Like I love that. Like yeah, scratches such an itch. Fantastic. That being said, I do sympathize that I I think I wish there was a hair more permanent progression. Because the deck is, and this is fine to an extent, but the deck is really stacked against you as a player. There's a lot going against you. The runs are very long. A lot of roguelikes have like 20 to 40 minute runs. The average run in Returnal, at least for me, has been two to three hours. Sometimes it's actually longer. Like, you are there for a long time. So you have that. My, My biggest run ended up being three hours. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, over three hours. Uh, and it went through... I'll, I'll talk more about that specific run later because that specific run was one of the most fun things I've ever done in a game. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, you're here for a while. It's not just like Hades where it's like, oh, you know, 40 minutes and I'm done. You cannot casually play this game to get better at it. Um, Correct. I'm, I'm loath, and that's a pr- big problem. That's a big problem if you don't have a long time to sit down and play stuff, because generally, with the way my work schedule is, I don't actually have that kind of time. I have it on weekends sometimes, if I'm lucky, but other than, like, Saturday and Sunday, I can't sit down for more than an hour or so and play something. I have to do just a little bit, and that leans into another problem. So you have that difficulty, but then also, there's no autosave. At all. Like, there is no way of saving your progress. Um, and this is where your... That's where... Yeah, that's where a lot of the uh, the issues come up. Right. 
because ostensibly what you're supposed to do is use the PS5's rest mode to preserve a run the uh, so you don't lose your progress and all that. The problem is the PS5's rest mode has, uh, how do I put this, been very temperamental on a case-by-case basis. Some people, like Justin, I know, literally have not had any issues with it at all, whatsoever. That's awesome. For me, it has crashed five times now. One of those was after a two-hour run, one of my best in the game. To say that put me in a bad mood (laughs) would be putting it mildly. And so I think that's definitely a big problem is I'm not opposed to how difficult the roguelike elements are, but then combined with the fact you can't even save, I think that really, again, it stacks the deck against you. It's very difficult to get better at this game, which I find unfortunate. Because I do legitimately enjoy the gameplay itself. Yeah, the, the game's hard as shit. If you haven't heard, if you haven't heard uh, about, you know, the discussions about it, um, unlike House Mark's other games, this does not have difficulty uh, settings. Um, it's a very, very difficult game. Uh, it's incredibly fun. I, I think the core gameplay is outstanding, um, and that's that's been the big thing that keeps me coming back and is kind of the thing that most impresses me um on top of all the cool story lore stuff which we'll talk about more in a little bit um housemark really so is it housemark or housemarkey because i always call mark uh son of a bitch i thought i thought it was marquee for the longest time too till i saw like an interview with their ceo and i'm like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh i've been saying this wrong that's because they make marquee games exactly ah this guy gets it yeah, so kind of what they're known for... Actually, Finn, how about you take this? Kind of explain some of their history and like what kind of games they were known yeah, for. Yeah, so, so they're very much known for arcade experience games wrapped up in, in, in close to AAA kind of aesthetics. You know what I mean? Like, uh, So their games, they're very simple in, in design. That's why like they go off of the arcade model. It's very... You're supposed to replay it. It's not a story. They're not very story based like they're about just getting better and improving and getting to the end and most people's first experience with them was Rezogun which was uh, I mean actually for me it was Super Stardust which was one of the first PS3 uh, downloadable games that's why I I picked it up it was like Super Stardust HD yeah it was the first PS3 game that had trophies added exactly and that was the that that was was, uh, the reason I bought it um and I fell in love with Super Stardust HD. Super Stardust HD was so fun, and it was so pretty. Like that's the thing. Like it was gorgeous. Bef- yeah, the it was closest one of the thing few before that. that was like 1080p, 60 FPS on the PS3. And and that's the thing. It was like the first time the PS3 had it because in this was like the 2007 was like the the early days of these downloadable titles blowing up. But I remember the 360 was getting a lot. Of, I, I spent a lot of time playing Geometry Wars. And Super Stardust HD scratched that same itch. And that's how Smarkey's like their their bread and butter. And then the next time they really blew up, because they had a couple other PS3 games, but I don't think Dead Nation or Outland really hit that same level. But then Rezogun was a launch title for PS4. And the PS4 launched, and it let's launched be real. On Plus. Yes. It launched, on, it launched on PlayStation Plus. So a lot of people got and that game to was awesome. And I remember. It, I loved how it used the PS4 microphone to have like the voices. Uh, 
Anyway, so then they came out with a couple other stuff. Next, Machina and Matterfall for PS4, but Returnal was ha- is their biggest game by far, and it's it even though it is a arcade game by nature, uh, just in the mechanics and the gameplay, it, it feels like a huge step up for them. Yeah, because well, a couple years ago, um, Next Machina is I think still their best reviewed game. It was outstanding. Probably the hardest thing I've ever played. I could barely make any progress in it on the easiest difficulty. But that game bombed. And it bombed hard. Um, To the point where their CEO actually had to release a statement that said, Arcade is dead. We cannot make these games anymore. Which was really, really sad. Yeah. And so it's just like, well, what are they going to do? Like, so much of what they've done has been built around that. And then here comes Returnal, where they managed to merge... Like, they managed to take very Housemark-style gameplay um, and put it into a third-person shooter, um, you know, in a roguelike, uh, which is a, you know, fairly popular genre right now um, with higher production values. And um, it's, it's, it's really impressive to see that transition for me. Uh, Sam, what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't have the history with Housemark uh, that either of you do. Although, I mean, I can attest, Resogun was great, right? Resogun was best PS4 launch title. Honestly, I fully believe that. So, seeing their skill in arcade gameplay translated to a third-person shooter, I, I was apprehensive a little bit. Um, a lot of what I saw in Returnal's marketing looked interesting, but I wasn't really sure how it would translate over. And I'm so that's why I'm very happy to say like the gameplay is awesome. It make no mistake, it's a different camera angle than they usually do. This is a bullet hell arcade shooter, no question. Like it's just painfully obvious. You are dodging and zipping all over the screen. You are constantly firing your guns. You have thousands upon thousands of orbs and beams and waves all headed yeah. your way. It's the particle. Of- the particle effects have kind of been a thing that Housemark has always right. been known for. And it's right. funny and because... they cranked it up as far as they could in this one. Shmups have always been like a, a guilty pleasure of mine. And it's just really cool to see the genre get flipped and be turned into a third-person shooter like that. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, and the, the weapons feel really good in this game. Shout out to the Tachyomatic Carbine. The best one. Yep. Hands uh, down. The Such Hollow Seeker is good. Weapon. I will give I will give a, a runner-up nod to the I'm, Hollow Seeker. I'm a big fan of the Hollow Seeker. Okay, so let's talk about some of the traits that these weapons can get because those are also really cool. So one of the big RNG-based things is what traits these weapons are going to have when you find. And sometimes you can find a weapon that feels bad. Like, we just mentioned the Carbine, which we, we really like, but there is... A high, it's called high caliber, but it makes it shoot a lot slower. It does more damage per shot, but it, fe- it doesn't feel good. However, you can get basically the opposite, which is rising tide, where it shoots faster the, the longer you hold down the trigger. Um, and that just rips through stuff. Like, Hollow Seeker can get something called the portal turret, where a black hole will just spawn and fire a continuous laser that tracks enemies. Um, oh, awesome. It's so cool. Um, like, every single thing in this game is, like, H.R. Giger-inspired, like, designs. Um, like, every gun has been taken. Like, it's just so... Like, everything is cool. Yeah, everything... This game oozes style, and Justin, I know you are, Finn, I'm not sure if you are, but, um, 
I'm a huge Prometheus apologist. I I, I I love that film. I love it to death. I'll defend it. And the architecture and so many even of like the alien designs just feel heavily, heavily inspired by Prometheus and to a lesser extent like Alien and that sort of thing. And that speaks to me. I really love that that sense of wonder but like intertwined with dread. Like something incredible happened here but something horrible and you're delving further into some dark mystery. It, just, it feels really good. It looks really good. I never get tired of seeing all the different kinds of aliens or the different kinds of new gun effects and stuff like that. I had the biggest stupid grin on my face one time when I got a hollow seeker and it had something like called serrated projectiles, which causes yeah. enemies to keep on taking damage long after you've shot them. Just melting. Absolutely melting these mini bosses. Love it. I, I absolutely loved it. That was that was really good. And it, it works I'm not gonna say bizarrely well, but better than I would have expected with the bullet hell focus. Like, you, you, whenever you think sci-fi in general, but, like, something like Prometheus or Alien, you think plotting. You think it takes a long time to build up to something. And it's sort of this juxtaposition with how frenetic the actual gameplay is, which is something that actually kind of struck me as I was trying to run uh, this morning. And I, th I thought that was really interesting. Uh, even the parasites. Like, I love the parasite system because... Oh, exp explain the parasites, because yeah, right. those are cool. Yeah, so the parasites are really cool. The, the idea behind the parasites is you gain something, but you lose something. Uh, and with a few exceptions of, like, special machines, you can't remove a parasite. So you, it's a big decision picking one up, because you're not going to get rid of it very easily, if at all. But a parasite is this little creature. They each have different names, like Scaly Tooth Grabber or something. Some nonsense like that. It's, it's a lot of fun. And they give you a bonus, but they also give you a detriment. So one that I like, for example, will give me like plus 15% protection, which means, you know, 15% damage reduction. But you have a higher chance of finding malignant items. Malignancy, um, long story short, is like this curse uh, or infectious stuff that gets on some guns or like a uh, chest containing guns and resources and stuff. And it has a chance of giving you a bad effect and that sort of thing. So it's this risk-reward. It's this trade-off system. Uh, it, it gets pretty funny sometimes because depending on your play style, sometimes a parasite will have, like, no downside whatsoever uh, because it is randomized. So, you know, RNG has that kind of effect. And other times it's just very clear you shouldn't pick something up. There were some great memes going around about it. Like, uh, one parasite might be the equivalent of, man, you can only have three slices of cake on your birthday, but unlimited bacon year-round. Whereas the other one might be, 10 cents off your order at Burger King, your bones are now hollow. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of fun thing, and I really, really like it. I, uh, I was ta I've talked to a friend that has had two really, really funny um, encounters with... Um malignant items and parasites uh one of one of his parasites was uh, was one where it would uh bring him back from death but deactivate a random uh artifact it nice. brought him back fr from death uh and then he almost died again but he had one of the items that resurrects you as an artifact guess which one got deactivated no <laughs> um Another time he opened up a chest that had a new weapon he had never gotten before, but it gave him the malfunction of not being able to pick up new weapons. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. Um, Finn, do, have you ever had any fun encounters with the risk-reward RNG stuff? 
No, not yet. Um, my my big uh, RNG has just been finding weapons that I'm good with. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, my aim is not the best, so. Aiming is very forgiving in this game. Yes, uh, and that that is a plus. You basically just have to get an enemy generally in the center of the screen, and you will hit them. Like, it's so it's so it's smartly it's very fast paced, but you don't have to worry about precision all that. Correct. Much. So, but the big thing for me has just been the RNG of getting weapons when I need them and enemy placements. Uh, I have not encountered any fun combos or scenarios. I did, however, uh, not know about the resume thing and thought at some point when I made it to the next area that there, you know, I could I could switch over. But the answer is no, you can't. And that was and, very sad. And Housemark has made it very made it very clear very quickly that they were hearing the community complaints. They and haven't then had And then they chose to, to ignore it. Cause, uh, well, that... They said they don't have anything to announce yet, which usually means they're working on it, but just don't want to say anything till they can officially add it. So I do think down the line we're going to get a saving solution, which I think would go such a long way. Because right now, this is a game that I deeply love. Yes. That I that... don't feel comfortable recommending to people at this time. Like, this game is going to be high on my game of the year list. And I picked it up not knowing if it was going to be my thing. I picked it up just because I had the money to afford it right now. Um, and I wanted to support Housemark. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk of Sony being kind of risk-adverse in the games that they fund and are putting forward. And I wanted to, you know, support this because it is very different from what um, Sony has been focusing on lately. Um, and I can't believe how much I enjoy it. Um, but I have... It just works out that my schedule um, works really well with how, you know, this game needs to be played. You know, I don't have any issues with rest mode. I haven't had any issues with crashes. I think also just having, you know, a proper save feature would help with the crash issue because then you're not going to lose an entire run. Because then it becomes redundant. Exactly. It's like... Because yeah. uh, that's another thing. That is another thing. I w if I wasn't clear enough about that early on, it's not just rest mode that's been crashing on me three times while I've been playing in the middle of a run, it's just locked up and crashed back to home screen. And or the game itself updated. It, or the game updated. Now, I haven't had that one happen, but other people. I know a lot of other people have had that one happen. So, yeah, just no, we're not asking for a save scum feature to, like, get around the game. Just a simple autosave preserving the progress you are making naturally so you can step away. Or, hey, if it crashes, you didn't really lose anything. Like, you're right back yeah. to where you were. Like, and I don't I think, think that's the world's most, like, unreasonable request. No, no I, it's, it's not. Respect it's not, players' time. I, like, that, it's just such a baffling thing to me. Like, I don't know if they, like, if in playtesting, you know, runs ended up being way shorter and, like, actual players are playing it differently than they expected. I don't know if it was, you know, work from home so people weren't in a situation where they'd be leaving as often or something. I, I, it's a it's a bizarre oversight, and it's not one that I think is like ruining the developer's vision. Like, because they already already tell you, just go ahead and use rest mode, which is basically the same thing. You could just walk away and come back. It just you know would give you you know the ability to switch to a different game, or you know turn off your PS5 or let the game patch, um, or something. So like, once that is in place. I'm going to be screaming from the rooftops for people to check this game out. 
Yeah. I'll feel a lot more comfortable as well recommending it then, because right now it's just, as with so much of the game, but not in a good way, it's the RNG of you're not going to know if you're going to get hit. And like, no, like there's enough RNG in the game as is, (laughs) and that kind of makes it fun. But You You don't need need real life RNG. Exactly, exactly. But that is not to take away from how fun and tight the game is. Like the game just feels good to play. Absolutely. Celine feels amazing to control, which is something that I wasn't sure about with this being the team's first F, uh, first third-person shooter. Right. Um, you know, sometimes it takes several games for developers to really learn how to make a character control and aim well. And, like, sometimes we've even seen, like, um, like with first-person shooters from teams that are mostly PC-focused... Sometimes they feel horrible on analog sticks because the team isn't used to how to balance it. Like, the Metro series really suffers from that, mm-hmm. I think. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas this, Celine is so fast. Her sprint speed is ridiculous. Yeah, no, um, it, it's not... Backtracking across, like, the areas, uh, and this also leads into the map as well, which is very well designed, oh, but backtracking yeah. never feels bad because of how well you can zip around. Like, if I realize I missed an upgrade or I got unlucky and there aren't teleporters around, which, again, the teleporters are really cool. Another sidetrack. Um, oh, you, you like, dissolve. Oh, and the load times are instant. Like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. basically no load times. Um, but, like, yeah, no, it feels good to navigate. It feels good going around. Even on the largest maps I've gotten, it never feels like, oh, I have to go all the way over here. It's like, nah, I'll be there in 30, 40 seconds tops. It's fine. Yeah, and, like, the, kind of the pacing. Uh, so I kind of want to talk a little bit more about, like, the setting and narrative stuff. Because um, I really do like the pacing of runs. Like, people are obviously focusing on the roguelike elements of it, but there's a lot of Metroidvania stuff in here, mm-hmm. too. Um, there are certain items that you get that will let you open, um, you know, other pathways. Some of them are permanent. Some of them are not. Some of... So sometimes there's, like, certain doors you'll only be able to go through on certain pa- uh, on certain runs if you get the, like, artifact that'll let you um, break through them or something. Uh, and, and I think that's part of the reason this really hooks me, because it's not just action, 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 kind of like the trailers made it out, out to look. There's also a lot of exploration. There's a lot of really interesting lore to find. Uh, there are very cool sequences... This is a this is a very very uh, early reveal, but you find a house <laughs> on this alien planet, um, and there are segments in there that are really surreal. Clearly, like PT inspired first person uh, time loop stuff that is super super cool. A couple of them. Uh, They're I, wild. I was actually. I was actually in a chat with Sam, and, like, one of them, I, like, gasped out loud while doing it. Um, it, it just adds a lot of variety to the runs. Um, but that said, so, like, when you get, like, a long run, like, my big run, I finished, I finished the second biome, the third biome, and got a pretty good way through the fourth biome in one run. And that was over three hours. And it was one of the most satisfying things I have ever done in a video game. And the pacing was awesome because I was getting narrative stuff. I was getting lore. But when you get stuck, um, it kind of feels like a lot of that grinds to a halt because you're not going to get the story stuff. You're just going to be kind of grinding to beat, you know, a boss or something like that. 
Um, and I do think that kind of works against it. But when you get that momentum, that forward momentum going, it's incredible. Yeah, like I definitely, um, I had a point where I was stuck on the second biome. That's that's kind of where I got trapped for a long while, actually, while Justin was zipping ahead. And it was like, man. Well, then I got stuck on the fifth for like five days. R- right, right. And it was just like, man, I was enjoying this so much, but now I'm bogged down. Like, And I don't, I'm not complaining per se, because I think that's just kind of the counterbalance, right? Like that is kind of a natural thing you have to accept with this style of the game that would be made less painful by the suggestion of saves that we've already brought up. But man, when the pacing works, when you have a good run going, it is good. Um, I didn't have quite one, like you're describing, Justin, but I had one run where I beat the fourth biome, the fourth boss, and made it into the fifth biome all in one try. Like, I just beat it on the very first try. And that was super cool, because it just felt exhilarating. Like, you're getting these story reveals. You're finding, again, I mentioned these creepy audio logs of things Celine has experienced, and she's recorded, but you don't remember it. And this isn't a spoiler at all, but Justin was actually mentioning this to me, and I knew the moment he was describing when he said it. When you have your main character ask, when are we, you know the story is going some good places. Like, you know, all right, this is this is getting interesting. Um, I'm currently stuck in the fifth biome right now. That's uh, that's where that I'm was the big feeling. hurdle for me, too. Yeah, it's it's uh, I'm hitting my head against a wall. It, it doesn't help that Housemark uh, patched an exploit that uh, Justin and I have been using <laughs> to make some more progress early on. Which uh, makes me sad. Nap strats are gone, guys. Yeah. Oh. F's in chat. Pouring one out for the naps. <laughs> um, if you if you guys watched my stream, you would have seen a little bit of that in action. When I, uh, you actually would have seen the fourth and fifth biomes uh, that we're kind of talking about uh, being a bit of a wall. Um, but yeah, I did do a stream. If you guys want to check that out, it was a good stream. I, I caught parts of it. So yeah, you should definitely go watch it if you missed it. But, um, I, I don't... How, Justin, how much did you want to talk about the story, given... Like, I know so, we can't do I don't want too, to talk much. too much. I don't want to talk too much more about it, because the story is definitely a, a good focus, and there's some mm-hmm. really good, like, symbolism that mm-hmm. you're gonna... Like, once you think about stuff, like, and notice more and more stuff, that's really cool, especially, like, with the combination of, like, Greek uh, myth... Um, and stuff in here but like i don't want to talk about it too much because there isn't that much um and i think there's just so much gameplay wise to talk about sure what i do want to talk about a couple more things uh one i just want to say that it's nice to have a middle-aged woman um as the main character yeah, in this yeah. game like celine middle-aged woman um and she's wearing an astronaut suit that looks like an astronaut suit um <laughs> like no zero suit for for Celine. She's wearing, you know, full helmet, full uh, astronaut gear, um, and it's just it's just kind of a nice nice change up. Like you you can feel a lot of the influences um, in her character. Um, there's been a lot of great sci-fi characters um, that she kind of reflects, but it, it's nice to actually see a character like that be a playable character and be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also want to talk about how this leverages some of the PS5 features, uh, particularly on the controller. Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned there's basically no load times. Um, I also don't think that uh, 
just even the running speed and ability to move through rooms as fast as you could would be possible without like the SSDs and CPUs that we have. Um, game runs at 60 FPS, holds it pretty well. Um, but the controller is really cool. Finn, do you want to talk about some of the DualSense features? I know you love this stuff as much as I do. Uh, I'm a huge Haptic Triggers man fan. Uh, I, I just... I, the Again, part of why I feel like the game feels so good to play is because of the controller. Um, Astrobot may have been my first love of the controller, but Returnal just really hammers it home that this is... The DualSense is a really solid controller for shooting mechanics. It just feels good, the feedback of it. That's what I yes. guess. So, yeah, um, if I can, if I can yeah, just Sam, interject quickly, I was just going to say, like, a lot of games, it's, it's very obvious, and this is not a knock against anyone who doesn't do it. Like, you have multi-platform games, you have your focuses, that's totally fine, I get it. Um, but it's very, it's becoming very obvious when a developer really understands how to use the haptics or how not to. I think Demon Souls has a good use of them. Uh, the Demon Souls remake for the PS5 by Blue Point Games, like that does it well. Astro's Playroom, the free pack in, is obviously the showcase. But I would say Returnal is a very close second behind Astro's Playroom. Well, Maybe it reminds me of uh, how how Insomniac. Sorry, go ahead, Finn. Did I lose Finn, you, you guys? Broke up. No, sorry. I was just gonna say it reminds me of uh, how like Insomniac talked about Ratchet and Clank. How just like in Returnal, the triggers can be used to activate different like shooting modes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was something I didn't think I was gonna like in practice when I just read it until I felt it because it's 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 great. Um, how it works is like so the left trigger when you go to when you pull it down, there's like a there's like a stopping point, and that's just the regular um, like zoom in to aim a little bit. Um, and but also the rain. It, yeah. So and then you pull the trigger down all the way, and then that activates your secondary fire. And they put um, they put a like it really feels like a real stopping point right. when you pull it back, and and then you push through it. And it feels great. It allows you to really quickly aim and blast off the secondary fires smoothly instead of, like, holding a button to change what it's going to do or something. It's, it's really quick, and it works super well. It feels great. Um, and then there's also the rain, um, which a lot like Astrobot, you can, f- like, there are rainy port- places on the planet, and you can feel the rain coming down. And then if you go underneath, you know, a covering, you you stop feeling it and it's it's super immersive even in this really fast-paced game oh yeah it's it's like a natural i'm not gonna say stopping point but it's definitely like if there's no combat you feel yourself slowing down at least i do i sometimes feel myself as i'm looking at the map or looking around for items i feel myself stopping like just enjoying the feel of the pattering rain on the dual sets for just a couple of seconds it's really cool but even even before the rain happens for the first time when you crash down for the very first time uh, in, in Selene's spaceship Helios, when it crashes down on Atropos, the alien planet, the rumble isn't just, you know, the controller isn't just shaking. It's not just a rumble motor. Like, it feels, you feel what parts of the ship have been impacted. You feel Selene bracing herself. You feel the accurate thuds as she crashes down. It's very, very cool. As she's climbing out of the ship, you feel her gripping the pieces of jagged metal and pulling herself out. It, it, it just feels so natural. It feels really good. 
Um, and it also utilizes the 3D audio stuff really, really well. The audio design is fantastic. Almost every item has its own kind of distinct sound signature that you can hear. Um, the music is wonderful. Um, it's the same composer as Ari Aster's Midsummer. Um, and there are some music tracks that are just phenomenal. The, the fourth boss, without any other further details, oh my God. is a, fourth... a highlight for me. A highlight. I'll let you know if I ever get there. (laughs) The third and fourth bosses in this game are two of my favorite boss fights of all time. They are amazingly well designed. They're super fun. Um, Just really cool. They hit everything I want from like a good boss. And three is just a really cool spectacle mostly. Four is such an awesome idea. (laughs) Like and well executed. It's really unique. Really surprising. Um, I had a blast with those. Finn, how far have you gotten? Uh, just out of curiosity. Second biome. Second okay. biome? Okay. Okay. And that, that's fine. I appreciate you guys keeping spoilers down. Yeah, I, I, I've made it to the final boss. Um, I did not beat the final boss, which is unfortunate. I got, of course, hit by a very, very powerful enemy right before. I would have gone in, like in amazing amazing shape and then they like slapped a mini boss right in front of it and i got wrecked by him that Um, happened to me with the third boss so many times the third boss itself wasn't what was difficult it was although it was getting to them it was getting to them it was like no we're gonna give you the gauntlet (laughs) before so but i i think that kind of wraps it up for me we kind of hit a lot of the points that i wanted to hit um is there anything either of you want to throw in um i'll just say very quickly i know there's been a lot of hashtag discourse around 70 dollars as a price point um i think there's nuance i think there's contention to that i think there's a lot of things i don't think it's a black and white issue what i will say is this if you're on the fence about this game wait for housemark to implement the auto saves like we've talked about wait for that news and then I would actually recommend going in on this. Not the I, least I, because, frankly, yeah. it's, there's just not a lot of games right now only for the new consoles. Like, I can count them on one hand. There's, there's just not a lot. And so Returnal really is providing that satisfying experience. It's really cool. I did not think I was going to like it as much as I am right now. There's just a little too much real-world RNG. So don't let... Yeah, that, that's basically what I'll say is don't let the price scare you. Just wait on the autosave news, and then dive in. Yeah, because I have put nearly 30 hours into this game, and I know there's, like, New Game Plus stuff. And I think for me, like, sometimes I just kind of get the craving for a shooter, but, like, I don't want to go through a campaign level I've played a million times or jump into multiplayer or something. Like, this is going to be a game I'm going to keep coming back to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't regret the money that I paid for it. Obviously, it's a very subjective thing. But I, I, do, I do think that this is a game that has enough to keep you going and is a high enough quality that charging full price does make sense. Well, also, I just think that that discourse is going to uh, never really go away in the era of PlayStation charging 70 and Xbox having Game Pass. And it's also, just, depending on where you are, we're all in the U.S. Right. That, that's another uh, thing. It's but very, poor Jeff in very Canada. different in Canada, Europe, Australia, yeah. a lot of other regions. That is, so that's also a very important distinction that sure. we uh, we sure. do, we do 
and it's a perspective that we do not have. Right. <laughs> right. I am speaking solely in uh, freedom to Bucks right here. Right. Well, and, and also, it's, you we are it. all in a position where we can drop $70 to buy a new game. Not everyone can. And, sure. But anyway, I'm derailing us. Point is, I, I predict that that discussion to pop up over and over again as this generation continues as for my final thoughts on returnal i really like what i played um and i look forward to playing more i don't know if this will ever be a game i like perfect and 100 percent like i try and do with others but until ratchet and clank comes out it's definitely one of the best ps5 games of the year yeah i i, I seriously like i said i think this game is going to be very high for me on my game of the year list um, I just think, I honestly think just the addition of the proper save function would go such a far away for a whole lot of people that are on the fence. Um, and if you are on the fence, wait for that, because I think it's inevitable. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. House Mark has even, like, pinned a comment, like, on the Reddit, like, we heard it. Like, it's their number one, like, thing. Like, you don't need to keep saying it to us. We hear you. Um, so... I'm rooting for this game in the long run, but I do think um, in the short term, like right now, hell, there might even be a patch between when this, when we recorded this and when this gets edited, um, that updates it. Who knows? Um, but Housemark has it ha- really has been trying to work to update this game, and I hope I hope it pans out well for them because I'm always rooting for that studio. But uh, thank you both for joining me, um, Sam. Thank you for joining us. It's been a while. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And uh, let's uh, let's not have as big of a gap next time. I appreciate yeah. you asking me here. Yeah, and we miss you, Finn. Finn, thank you so up, much fam? for joining us. Um, I know you're super busy as new dad, so finding the time to talk about some Eternal with us uh, means a lot. So I'm glad you're here. You're welcome. I only did it uh, because of you and Sam. Anyone else, I would have laughed in their face. Aw, that means a lot. <laughs> But also, and you can every- still laugh in their faces. Like, that's still okay. Oh, yeah. That and is everybody true. listening, thank you for joining us, and we will see you on the next one.